Welcome to another faith-building message by Pastor Phil Pringle, leader of C3 Church. For more information about Phil and C3, please visit myc3church.net. I got to tell you, I'm so thrilled to let you know Pilgrims, our newest C3 music album, is already here. The songs on this album are for our journey in Jesus. No matter where we are on that journey, in the valley or on the mountaintop, His love is unchanging and so should our praise and worship be. Cannot wait for you to hear it. Head to iTunes or Google Play to download it today. Hey everyone, our annual Presence Conference. Wow, it's drawing so close. It's upon us already. John Gray, Jensen Franklin, Erwin Raphael McManus, Martin Smith, Levi and Nadia Mary Church will be joining Chris and I at the Sydney International Convention Centre, the ICC, 24th to the 27th of April. We've called it Freedom Is Here, believing that this and knowing that this is going to be a really wonderful time of people discovering their freedom in Christ. With 24 masterclasses, Presence Youth and Presence Kids, make sure you jump on PresenceConference.com to see the full family conference we've prepared for you this coming April. Can't wait to see you there. Mark 11, verse 22 to 24. This is our first weekend on a series of faith. And uh, this weekend, we're calling it Go the Bold. I'm doing two different messages, different one today as I will be doing tonight. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. I want you to have have some attitude in it right now. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Uh, how about a little more attitude? Really like, have faith in God. Are you ready? One, two, three. Have faith in God. <laughs> you really gotta uh, stir up any apathetic feelings on the inside and say, come on, I'm gonna actually take a hold of this message today and start to believe that God is gonna work with me and accomplish the impossible. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Next verse. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. This for me is an astonishing passage and I've built a lot of what we do around this this entire passage. Faith is not something that is a creed that we give mental assent to. Faith is a verb. It's not a noun. It's a doing word. It's something you do. Faith is something you actually do with your emotions and with your mind. We live in a really cynical world. We live in a world with a lot of fear, a lot of terror, a lot of doubt, a lot of anxiety, a lot of neuroses and paranoia about all kinds of things. Let me tell you, faith is the answer in every one of those circumstances. When you, when you start to realise that, man, it's not reaching for a bottle of pills that's gonna be my answer. It's actually switching on a thing inside of me called faith. Now, the fact is every single person in this room has faith. You might feel like you've only got a very little piece of faith. You might feel like it got demolished through negative circumstances happening in your life. But the fact is you still have faith inside you. 
And our human nature is to try and find every other way to accomplish something without going to faith. We'd, we'd prefer to complain. And if you have that whiny, oh, nothing ever works for me. Why don't they really love me? Oh, I don't they, I'm not like them. They can do everything. That's called self-pity and complaining mixed together. And why does everybody else get me? Why does God bless them? I don't know why they want to. God, you're going to bless me. Why don't you bless? He's not going to bless you. Not even you want to bless you. Not even your mother wants to bless you when you're like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's terrible. Stop it. Just stop it today. You can stop it. You say, oh, no, 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 I have a I've been doing it for such a long time. Stop it now. Stop it. Don't be a moaner. Don't be a complainer. There are other ways of having a conversation. Some people get together and they feel like the only thing they can do is say, oh, yeah, it's a really bad day. This traffic is really My God, did you see the airport this morning? Oh, God. I mean, it's just the normal way that some people talk. They've talked like that all their life. You can say, oh, sun shining, yeah, it's going to be a real scorcher, I reckon. Fires everywhere, you know. But when are you going to stop living like that? There's got to come a day when you say, I'm going to be a different kind of person. I'm going to be a joyful, positive, confident, faith-filled person. I'm not just going to sit here and listen to this every week and not do anything about it. I'm actually going to make a change. And here's the problem with the problem is that the problem is not the problem. You think the problem's the problem. Stop thinking the problem's the problem. The problem's not the problem. The problem is your attitude towards the problem. The problem comes, overwhelms you, and you think, oh, this is impossible. We're never gonna make it. This is the time you need faith. You don't need faith when you don't need faith. Oh, I know that's so profound this morning. We're moving into the realm of the ridiculously obvious. You do not need faith when everything's just fine. You need faith when... You need faith when everything's not fine. But that's the hardest time to have faith. It's easy to have faith when nothing's going wrong. Yeah, I believe, I believe. Then everything collapses on you. You lose your house or something, a relationship falls apart. You know, you have a medical problem. Oh God, you know, like suddenly you got a problem. Now you need faith. Don't let the problem overwhelm your faith. Let your faith overwhelm the problem. Switch it on, switch it on. You can switch it on. And when you switch it on and you're ruthless with those emotions that wanna make you a self-pitying victim, you will stop complaining. Complaining is the language of victims. Thanksgiving is the language of victors. Thanksgiving saying, thank God that I got a great life. Thank God I got beautiful things happening in my world. Sometimes I pray for a person and they get about a 10% result of feeling a healing. I say, how you feeling? I say, oh, not much, you know, still pretty sick. I say, well, would you have 10% healing? I say, follow the 10%. Go with, go with what is happening. There's some beautiful things happening in your life right now. There are some magnificent people sitting around you this morning. I know you've got some problems and they're very fixating and very obsessing and they try to take over your whole thinking, but shut them out and don't think about them. Think about Jesus and the promises of God. Have faith in God. It is a command from the Father to every one of us to actually change our thinking, change our lifestyle, and you can do it. You got faith on the inside of you. Do not say, do not tell me I haven't got faith. You have got faith. The Bible says every man, every woman has a measure of faith. You might have a little measure, you might have a great measure, doesn't matter. It needs you to switch it on because everything else will try and switch it off. They say, oh, I don't believe all that silly stuff. But I tell you, your mental health 
your emotional health, your physical health, your circumstantial health, your relational health, the health of your entire world depends on you saying, today, I'm gonna start being a believer. Instead of being an unbelieving believer, I'm gonna be a believing believer, amen. That is what we are called, believers. It's not just an idle term, but we're not called unbelievers. And when you start to have faith, you stand up on the inside. You stand up on the inside and you create an atmosphere in which God Himself can bring miracles and power into your life. I've sometimes mentioned to you the picture of me being like in a swimming pool. If I'm in goofing off down one end in a swimming pool and you plug in a hairdryer and you throw that hairdryer in one end and you switch it on, I will feel something because electricity travels through water because water is a conductor, a conductor of power, of electricity. Faith is like that water. It is a conductor of the power of God to you. But unbelief is an insulator against that power. So when you start to say, oh, I don't know if anything could happen to me. Ah, no, my God, you know, like, hey, yeah, with this happened to me years ago, this has happened to me just last year. And my God, you know what's happening to me right now? And it's like, like trying to pull people out of that mindset. I try to do it regularly, but people would prefer to stay there often. You know, I don't want to try and get all happy like that. Why would I want to be happy? Huh? You know, I'm, I'm happy with my misery, you know? Come out of there. You don't have to stay in the slough of despond. Pilgrim's progress, he finds himself in depression and all of us do. I've been in there more times than you. I've been down so low when I look up, all I see was the bottom. You know, the thing is that, that there are low times for all of us. Faith does not guarantee you a problem-free life. Faith doesn't guarantee that nothing difficult ever is gonna come your way. Difficulties are gonna come your way and sometimes stay there for a long period of time. And if your faith is not gonna actually bring a change to the circumstance immediately, at least it will allow you to live above the circumstance without it drowning you every day. So that in spite of your difficulties, in spite of the way your children are behaving, in spite of the way your parents are behaving, in spite of the way your finances are, you can say, I'm still gonna rejoice in the Lord because He is the source of my joy, not my circumstances. He is the source of my victory, not my circumstances. I am not gonna draw my victory or my joy or my faith from my circumstances. Circumstances, I'm gonna draw it from Jesus Himself. When He was dying on a cross, He said, I'll see you in three days, people, amen. You can't do anything when you're dead. He trusted in God, have faith in God. And He said, I'll see you in three days time. Checking out, just got a little war down below to fix up, you know, got a little blood to present in heaven. But I'm gonna, we're gonna get that stone rolled away. We're gonna come out of that tomb. And we're gonna get up again in Jesus' Name. And that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna roll that stone away, get up out of that thing that's trying to keep you bound in death and get you walking in victory again. Faith is a creative force. It is a powerful, powerful force. And that is why the devil is so against you being a believer and why he so wants you to still live in doubt. So today I wanna take the whole concept of faith because it covers a lot of different areas, people. And I wanna, I wanna cover the area where faith in God creates a self-perception, a view of yourself that is different. 
As soon as you start to believe God, you, you will see things about yourself that paint you in a totally different life. And, and so all of these people through the history of the Bible, when God met them, they said, it was, like Sarah said, I can't have a child, I'm 90 years old. And God changed her perception about herself, said, yes, you can. Nothing's impossible. In fact, he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham said, look, I'm 100 years old. man. I mean, that'd be nice if you gave that promise to somebody younger, but please, I'm an old. He says, yes, you can. You're not too old. Why are you disqualifying yourself from a miracle? Because you're too anything. Because you're too young, too old, too sick, too poor. You don't, don't disqualify yourself. Jesus came to qualify you. He said, you're qualified for miracles. You're in. God is good. We've sung it so many times, but sometimes we wonder because of our circumstances, we try and read them through those instead of through the Word. Faith comes from Christ Himself. It comes from the promises of God. It comes from the character of God. It comes from the Word of God. So in the terms of self-perception, I wanna take you to a passage in Numbers 13 and verse 33 where it says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of the Anak come from the giants. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Whenever you start to look at yourself through the eyes of other people, which is a very common human frailty and it's amplified by things like Instagram and Facebook and all these other internet deals, the way other people are perceiving you, so you, you put up all the best photos, you know. People are not what their Instagram photos show. That's not the real them, that's their best side, right? There are other sides to them, just remember that. But what happens is that you can look at them and go, oh, I'm not like them, How come they got so many good things in their life? And you get a comparison thing going on. As soon as you get into comparison, you're gonna be feel defeated because you'll put yourself on the low side. And if you put yourself on the superior side, well, that's, that's a kind of certain kind of sickness, you know, but whatever way we travel, where we are comparing ourselves, you need to be content. You're beautiful as you are here today. God accepts you, accept yourself. God does not despise you. He loves you. Have a little love for yourself this morning. Have a little respect and dignity about who you are. You're a magnificent person created in the image of God. But we saw the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight as we were in their sight. So they're seeing themselves through the eyes of their problem. So here's the thing. God told them, I've got a promised land for all of you. He, he omitted to let them know that there were about 18 different breeds of giant in the land and they would have to beat them all. And they're about as, maybe as tall as this room. Imagine walking in and you see a guy that big, not just one, an army. Would you be in the 10 or in the two who came back? It's a beautiful land. I mean, it's so big, they had a, they had a bunch of grapes hanging on a stick between two shoulders. The, the, the grapes were that big. Everything was big. It was a land that flowed with milk and honey. I don't know how big the cows were or the huge things and bees, like. The land is big and God has got a big land for every single one of us. 
but there are giants that are gonna try and oppose you from taking that land. And we might mock the Israelites, but my Lord, we face all kinds of, I mean, they were the Horites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the mosquito bites, they were just every, every kind of crazyites in there. And you know, we have them in our own world. Like right now, I, I see on the news this week, electricity's gone up and people are struggling. And so the billites turn up in your letterbox, right? You never thought such a big thing could get in such a little space. You open it up, you think it's an offer on the house, but it's the electricity bill, please, people. And you go, oh God, how are we ever gonna live? You walk in the house, your kids are in the shower, get out of the shower. Hey, we don't spend any more money on hot water around here. Turn off everything. You're switching off lights, you're switching off heaters, switching off it. That night you're sitting around a Bunsen burner with a little can of beans. This is how we're living from now, guys. The Billites got you. You could have said, my God shall supply all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You could pull out the sword of the Word of God and start to speak faith into your heart and provide an atmosphere in which God can move, in which a miracle can happen, in which you can get strategy and wisdom and thinking. That is where believers live. That is where you and I live. And we have got to step into a life of faith rather than being intimidated by the giant, by the size of the problem. I know there's a big problem. I know there are huge problems, but there comes a day and Chris and I have sat down many times with fear in our hearts and anxiety about things and said, we need to switch our faith on right now and start to believe God. Rather than letting the problem dominate your thinking and your attitude, you start to say, I'm believing God. God is gonna move here. And it doesn't change in a second. I wish it did, I wish God was a microwave. You go, I'm believing, bing, miracle done. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a year and there's no change. This Scripture that, that we're talking about, have faith in God, it comes out of a circumstance where the disciples are walking by a tree and Jesus sees the tree, thought it had fruit on it, didn't. So He said, no, nobody's gonna eat fruit from you ever again. That's all he said. So the next day they're coming by and it, the tree was just still fluttering away there, leaves in the wind. Next day they come by and it's withered. And Peter said, the tree that you cursed has died. Well, number one, Jesus didn't say, I curse you. But they interpreted that His words over that tree were a curse. And that's pretty fascinating. You don't have to say, I curse you to a person to curse them. You just say, you're never gonna be any good. That's all Jesus said to that tree. You're never gonna bear any fruit. Your days are numbered. How many parents have said to their kids, you're never gonna amount to much? How many teachers have said to you maybe, you're never gonna amount to much? Prove them all wrong today. Take a hold of the Word of God that says you are gonna to amount to an amazing thing in this life. All sorts of great things are planned for you. Start to believe God and disbelieve every negative thing. Deprogram, erase, delete, put it in the rubbish can. All that stuff that is rubbishing your mind and rubbishing your self-image, you need to get rid of it and start to stand in the dignity and royalty that God has made you as sons and daughters of the Most High God. People, that's who you are. The way you see yourself is the way you're gonna behave. So Colossians 1.22, 
says, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. The way he sees you, blameless. You've accepted Jesus, blameless. Above reproach, holy. Now you and I both know that you're not holy. I know anyway, I am not as holy as I could be or should be. I know though, I'm holier than I used to be. But I'm not gonna get discouraged with how far away I am from that ultimate goal either. I'm not everything I should be, but I'm certainly not everything I used to be. And God has got you on a process of conforming to the way He sees you. In the Old Testament, there's a weird story about a king and they've all got weird names. His name's Balak and he hires a prophet called Balaam. He's a corrupt prophet. He, he likes money too much. And Balak says, curse Israel for me. Balaam gets up and he tries to curse them, but he can't. God fills his mouth with positive words about Israel. And in one of the statements, Balaam says, the Lord has not observed iniquity in Israel. I'm going like, God, what is wrong with you? These are the people who moan and groan all the way through the wilderness. They're miserable, they sin, they create golden calves, they have sex orgies at the bottom of the mountain. I mean, they're and you're saying, I have not observed iniquity. He didn't say they have no iniquity. He says, it's just what I'm choosing to focus on in their world. I'm determined to bring blessing into their world, even though they fall short so many times, even though they've got a very serious case called the human condition. They are stumbling and struggling and wrestling their way through life as every single one of us are in this room. But at the same time, God is not focusing on all those things that are wrong with you. He's focusing on those things that are right with you. He's focusing on the reason to bless you, not the reason to curse you. And He's saying, this is why I'm gonna bless you because I love you and I've made a covenant with you. You come into the New Testament and Paul talking about Abraham says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. What are you saying here? Paul, he staggered. He had unbelief. He said that, I don't know if God's gonna use you, Sarah, to have this child. So Hagar, come in here. And through Hagar, he gave birth to a whole nation and there's been trouble ever since. I mean, people, it's, it's, it's stagger is too light a word. It's like, it's the stumble of the century. Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. That's my boy. I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna look at the, the way that he walked strong, how he walked through impossible circumstances, how he went up the top of that mountain and was prepared to make a sacrifice that was beyond imagination. God started thinking of his chosen servant, Abraham. He said, look, as far as I'm concerned, the boy's got faith that covers him. The grace of God will cover him. This is radical grace in some ways. And Paul preached it in the New Testament. It shocked the Israelis. He said, how could God just accept us? How could God just wipe it all away? Well, God has got a memory problem, people. He can't remember your sins. He shunted them away. The devil tries to rub it in, but the Jesus came to rub it out, right? Canon John's words. The fact is, you and I, 
are able to be intimidated so easily if we buy into the idea that being a Christian and being a pious person is about being this, this person who feels and says they're so unworthy and they're, and they're, they're broken and they're, they're, they're just such a sinner. And they're, they're. Repentance is good, but it's a doorway. You don't live in a doorway. You live in the living room by faith. We live by faith. And you've got to actually take a step out of that, that position where you're trying to maybe impress God with sincerity and with how busted up and beaten and, and terrible you are. But He says, no, come on through, get through that door. I want you to walk into faith today where you stand up strong. Then I can use you. Then I can pour my Spirit on you. Then I can accomplish things in this lifetime through you that you would never believe possible. You are a walking God unit, people, this morning. You are the church of the Most High God. You are the people that are unstoppable. When you are filled with the Spirit of faith, it was the two guys with faith who came back from the land of Canaan Joshua and Caleb, and they said, we can do it. They didn't look at themselves through the eyes of the giant. They looked at themselves through the eyes of God. And they said, people, that bread for us, we'll just chew them up and spit them out. That bread for us, they're gonna nourish our, our strength as we go in. We can do it. Do you know what happened? They're the only two of that generation who survived the next 40 years of wandering in a wilderness and actually became leaders, taking that generation in a new generation, a Joshua generation, a faith generation. The other 10 died on the spot. And the whole congregation who chose to not believe, who moaned and groaned and walked away from the promise of God, they all perished in the wilderness. It's not like a, an optional extra. Faith is an imperative. You, you can't say, oh, maybe, maybe I'll get to be a bit more positive, you know, maybe. Smile a bit more, yeah, you know, say a couple of nice things before I start my day of complaining, <laughs> my day of not believing. <laughs> Change your way of thinking. Gonna live by a different set of rules. I'm gonna change my way of thinking. Yeah, that's Bob Dylan, okay. I'm going to finish with this, this passage here. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. The only way that we get bigger is when we take bigger steps of faith and we keep taking them forward. When you move backwards from your problem, and that's, that's a normal reaction that all of us have, try to avoid it or deny it. But face it and faith will rise on the inside of you. Say, I can do this. I can make that phone call. We can buy that house. Somehow, someway, we're gonna do it. Once you start believing, you'll see a way through. Joshua and Caleb saw the way into that land because they believed it could be done. The other 10 saw no way there's no strategy, there's no plan, there's no way on earth that we're ever gonna be able to take that land. So they didn't. You get what you believe. As we think in our hearts, so are we. Fear is simply faith in reverse, expecting something negative. Faith is expecting something positive. Switch it on this morning. Start to believe whatever I speak, Jesus said, it's gonna happen if I believe it in my heart and don't doubt it. 
may not happen instantly, but hold that confession strong in your mouth about your kids, about your family, about your finances. Eventually it'll start to turn. This little tongue can turn around in a big ship called the ship of your life. And you start to turn around and engage a spiritual principle that God moves through. Hey everyone, what a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason, that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously, there are costs to that. There are uh, expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the Gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? And he's talking about the beautifulness of, of the preaching of the Gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's worlds. And so the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives, in Jesus' Name, Amen. Thanks for listening. You can order any of Pastor Phil's resources at philpringle.com or at c3store.com. We are always encouraged to hear the stories of great decisions you have made and the great things God is doing in your life. So if you have a story to share or if you have a prayer request, please email us at podcast at myc3church.net.